So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane on the other end of the Skype line. And, and this Palm Sunday, Shane is going to give us a reflection on what's coming up really Holy Week. Shane. Thanks, John. Um, so we're going to have a, a reflection now in a few moments. Uh, just a couple of thoughts that came to me during, uh, during in just preparation for the program. And I just want to say, just before we start the, the reflection, that there are quotes uh, during the reflection taken from Fasting and Feasting by Aidan Matthews and also from Bread and Wine, Readings for Lent and Easter, which is published by the Plough Press. Uh, publishing house in the US. So John, um, to have our first piece of music just to begin this reflection, it's Mother of Sorrows, sung by the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia. What a sea of tears and Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The last words of Jesus on the cross from the Gospel of St. John echo across the world on Good Friday. 
And in this current time of fear and isolation, the cry surely echoes our own very heartbeat. It echoes the very thing that's at the marrow of our bones. As we enter into this Holy Week, the days of the Paschal journey and the last gasping cries of a convicted criminal hung on a gibbet outside the walled cities of Jerusalem is very much a voice in our darkness. When we walk the Via della Rosa, those of us who have the neck to talk about these things and try to lead and reflect about these things need to remind ourselves that we are called to listen and to experience the silence. We are called to listen to the cries of Hosannas on Palm Sunday, welcoming the king back into his city. We are called to listen to the cries and tears of the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with her tears and rich perfume. We are called to listen to the clink of 30 pieces of silver in a bag pressed into a sweaty palm. We are called to listen to the clink and chatter of a group of friends having Passover supper, talking, laughing, praying. Do this in memory of me. We are called to listen to sung psalms and an evening walk to a quiet garden where tears and sweat will flow in anguish. We are called to listen to the clatter and bustle of a mailed armed guards in the dark arresting and wrenching a man. We are called to listen to the crack and whistle of a whip across a man's back, silence slicing open his flesh. We are called to listen to the jeers and laughter of a mocking crowd pressing again against a condemned man pushing through cobbled streets. We are called to listen to the thud and pull of a wooden beam on those cobbled streets. We are called to listen to the thunk of a hammer on nail squelching into hands and feet. We are called to listen to the anguish screams as the cross is lifted high and pressure comes to bear on torn flesh. We are called to listen. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me?
Christ's affliction on the cross was not just purely in the physical means of his death, but also, rather also the casting out of the human community. The celebrity mystic from Galilee turns in a trice from hero to zero, and his entourage degenerates into a plea-bargaining pack of beasts as the man who was on throne becomes a toilet. Well, there are many ways to tell the story of what happened on Good Friday. According to John, it involved a collusion between religion and politics. While Pilate and the chief priests conspired to solve their mutual problem while managing to remain enemies, Jesus stood at the center of the stage like a mirror in which all those around him saw themselves clearly for who they were. One way we Christians have avoided seeing ourselves, our reflections in the mirror, is to pretend that this is a story about Romans and Jews. As long as they remain the villains, then we are off the hook, or so we think. Unfortunately, this is not a story that happened long ago in a land far away. Sons and daughters of God are killed in every generation. They have been killed in holy wars and inquisitions, concentration camps and prison cells. The charges against them have run the gamut, but treason and blasphemy have headed the list, just as they did for Jesus. He upset those in charge at the courthouse and the temple. He suggested that they were not doing their jobs. He offered himself as a mirror they could see themselves in, and they were so appalled by what they saw that they smashed it. They smashed him every way they could. Jesus was not brought down by atheism and anarchy. He was brought down by law and order allied with religion, which is always a dangerous mix. Every believer knows that Christ went the way of the cross for our sakes, but it's not enough just to know this. Each of us must find the cross. He suffered in vain unless we are willing to die for him as he died for us. Christ's way was a bitter way. It ended in a victory of life and light, but it began in the feeding trough of an animal in a cold stable and passed through tremendous need, through suffering, denial, betrayal, and finally complete devastation and death on a cross. If we call ourselves his followers, we must be willing to take the same path. Christ died on the cross to break the curse of evil and vanquish it once and for all. If we do not believe in the power of evil, we cannot comprehend this. Until we realize that the main reason for his coming to earth was to do this on our behalf, to free us from the powers of darkness, we will never fully understand our need for the cross. We can search the whole world, but we will find forgiveness of sins and freedom from torment ex nowhere except at the cross.
I know you through and through. I know everything about you. The very hairs of your head I have numbered. Nothing in your life is unimportant to me. I have followed you through the years and I have always loved you, even in your wanderings. I know every one of your problems. I know your need and your worries. And yes, I know all your sins. But I tell you again that I love you, not for what you have or haven't done. I love you for you, for the beauty and dignity my father gave you by creating you in his own image. It is a dignity you have often forgotten, a beauty you have tarnished by sin. But I love you as you are, and I have shed my blood to win you back. If you only ask me with faith, my grace will touch all that needs changing in your life. And I will give you the strength to free yourself from sin and all its destructive power. I know what is in your heart. I know your loneliness and all your hurts, the rejections, the judgments, the humiliations. I carried it all before you. And I carried it all for you so that you might share my strength and victory. I know especially your need for love, how you are thirsting to be loved and cherished. But how often have you thirsted in vain by seeking that love selfish, selfishly, selfishly striving to fill the emptiness inside you with passing pleasures? I will satisfy you and fill you. Do you thirst to be cherished? I cherish you more than you can imagine to the point of dying on a cross for you. I thirst for you. Yes, that is the only way to even begin to describe my love for you. I thirst for you. I thirst to love and to be loved by you. That is how precious you are to me. I thirst for you. Come to me and fill your heart and heal your wounds. If you feel unimportant in the eyes of the world, that matters not at all. For me, there is no one any more important in the entire world than you. I thirst for you. Open to me. Come to me. Thirst for me. Give me your life, and I will prove to you how important you are to my heart. Whenever you do open the door of your heart, whenever you come close enough, you will hear me say to you again and again, not in mere human words, but in spirit, no matter what you have done, I love you for your own sake. No matter how far you may wander, no matter how often you forget me, no matter how many crosses you may bear in this life, there is one thing I want you to remember always, one thing that will never change. I thirst for you just as you are. Come to me with your misery and your sins, with your troubles and needs, and with all your longing to be loved. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Open to me, for I thirst for you. <laughs>